Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Welcome back to The Stacks, a podcast about books and the people who read them. I'm your host, Tracy Thomas, and our guest today is Jenna Ushkowitz, and we're discussing Chloe Benjamin's novel, The Immortalists, this week on The Stacks Book Club. Please be warned, there will be spoilers today. Before we talk to Jenna, I just wanted to remind you to use the link in the show notes to find all the books discussed today, as well as the social media accounts for Jenna and all things The Stacks. Shopping through the show notes helps to support The Stacks. People always ask me, how can I support The Stacks? Well, here are a few ways. One, shop through the show notes. It's super easy and it comes at no additional cost to you. Two, join us over on Patreon. Patreon is a place where you earn perks and you get to be a part of our virtual book club and you get to know that your money is going to help keep the lights on around here. So that sounds like something that you'd be into. Go to patreon.com slash the stacks. And this one's super easy. Three, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. If it's Google or Apple or Spotify or whatever. And if you're feeling extra lovey-dovey, go ahead and give us a rating and a review and tell your friends about us. Okay, now that all the business is out of the way, it's time for my conversation with Jenna Ushkowitz. All right, you guys, I am back today with Jenna Ushkowitz. I want to add the end. I, I, I have to keep this in. Okay. Ushkowitz. I, I want to add an end to Jenna's name. Jenna Ushkowitz, but I want to call you Ushkowitz. I don't know why. Ushkowitz. That actually probably rolls off the tongue better. That's why. Yeah. Ushko, Ushkowitz. You, that's the far... I mean, you're in good shape if you're just adding an end to the, my last name. Because other people, it's it's jarring. Uh, <laughs> jarring. What do you get? Give me one of your best. Auschwitz. Oh. Jenna Auschwitz. Which I was like, that's not right. Uh, there's a K in there, and there's also an Ush. Um, that's and a then lot. there's also like Oshkoshkowitz I've gotten before, which <laughs> like that's not right either. It's I, not that hard. The thing, okay, here's what I think about people who mispronounce names because <laughs> my name is Tracy Thomas. It's very easy. <laughs> I Tracy spelled with an I, and I get tracky sometimes. So I actually <laughs> think that people get stupider when it comes to names. Like it's not hard. It's not even like Tracy with an I is super far off. That's really funny. So like if you have any like extra letters that people are uncomfortable with, <laughs> let alone like Good luck. Yeah. Like uh, Thomas normal Trocky. people get. Chalky. Chalky. Thank you. Also, Siri cannot say my name. Because like it was like Siri. Oh, what like, did she say? She just like says it weird. And she's like, yes, Tracy. <laughs> like it's Tracy, Siri. Come on. I don't have Siri on, so I don't uh, know how she would say my anyways. name. Anyways. 
Okay, so we're ta- we're talking today about The Immortalists by Chloe Benjamin. It's a novel. Um, we're going to spoil it. So if you haven't read it yet, just know we're not protecting you in any way, shape, or form. Go read it. It's a good book. So go check it out. But basically, the premise of the book is four siblings, the gold siblings, they go when they're young. They're like 13, 11, 9, and 7. And they go to a woman who's a fortune teller who tells them, who allegedly can tell them the date of their death. And she does. And then we follow each one of the four siblings as they approach that date. That was good. Was that good? That was actually really, I would never have been able to do that. I, I, well, I read a lot of synopsises and things about the book. <laughs> I think a lot of them say like, what would you do if you knew the day you were going to die? Yeah, that's the main, Yeah, the that's, crux. That's really it. Ugh. So we always start in the same place. What did you think of the book? I loved it. Um, I read it on my Italy trip. And I could not put it down. And there were times where like my boyfriend wanted to like chat on the plane. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm reading. <laughs> Who um, wants to chat on a plane? No, I know. I, it's just, I was like, excuse me, I'm reading. I'm busy. I'm being an academic. Um, it was, I loved it. I loved the questions that it, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It brought up? Yeah. I mean, there was a better word okay, for it that I was sure. tr- looking for, but yes, the, the questions that it brought up. And, um, I really liked these, these characters. I liked the family. Um, and it's actually a really good book for someone like me who can put a book down really easily. Mm-hmm. I could not put this down because it's, it's sli- like a slight thriller. Like you're, each chapter is so is so well structured and written that you're like, I have to get to the end of this because I have to know if they totally. die on the date that the fortune teller told them totally. and how it happens. Totally. And if it happens. Right. I had a lot of those, those feelings. I kind of had mixed feelings about the book. Okay. I really liked it. I didn't – I went into the book being like, okay, this is the book Jenna picked. Like, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> And I actually was surprised with how long I was really into the book. Like I think that I was really (laughs) into the book all the way up until like Daniel. Fair. I I still liked the book afterwards. Like I generally would say that I enjoyed this book, but I was like very into it and I kept waiting to be not into it. Oh, see, that's good. I'm so so glad I picked a book that you were like mostly into. into. I I did fizzle a little bit at the end, but like mostly I really liked it. Mm -hmm. And I also, I think what it was is I just really wanted to know how they were going to die. Well, I mean, that was, I think that was a big part of it too. And then when I realized that, (laughs) that, uh, how did you say Varia? Varia. Varia. Yeah. Varia. Varia, Varia. When I realized she probably wasn't going to die, that's when I think I really started to fizzle. I I actually (laughs) agree. I felt the same way for Varia was the one that lost me the most. Yeah. It was Um, a lot of like technical stuff. Yeah. And like, she's the least interesting. So I get why she put her at the end, but also like, do you want to end with that one? I don't know. Yeah. It was a lot of technical and like that made me go she ain't dying right. she's dying on the date that she and also having read all the other like daniel and clara and and simon's like it all came to fruition whether it was based on their choices or right. you know fate it was it all happened on the date so i didn't think it was she was gonna veer that far away from right. from, from the story yeah right. exactly um but i i just loved the question that it begged about whether it was manifested by themselves or if it was magic. Right. Well, what did you think? What did you decide on? Well, I felt like for each person, it was different. Right. Like for Clara, it was, it was something that she chose Mm -hmm. um, because she 
took her own life. Um, I think for Simon was the most, um, the one I questioned the most because he lived because he knew he was going, like he lived the most because he knew he was going to die the youngest. But like, does, did that mean that he actually uh, brought that on himself or see, I didn't think it did because I felt like if you follow that logic that he brought it on himself, then you're then saying that like being gay is a death sentence. Do you know what I mean? That's how I would have interpreted. Oh, interesting. I don't think I would have interpreted like that. Okay. I think I would have interpreted like being reckless um, in sure. any way. Cause that couldn't have been to, I mean, I'm not in that right, time. But at that but, time period. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, I, I kind of what I mean is like at that time period, it could have happened to anybody, mm-hmm. but they didn't know. He didn't know he was being reckless. Like, cause they didn't know that sex, unprotected was, sex caused right. It was HIV like just a plague AIDS. of sorts, right? So he didn't yeah. think like, oh, I'm being reckless. Mm-hmm. He just thought I'm being 20. Like mm-hmm. think about how many 20 year olds are having sex with all sorts of people now. I guess you're right. Yeah. I, I thought about it. Uh, yeah. If you reframe it like that, I guess they all kind of did it, but they did it? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, I, confusing. I thought I just, I like to buy in. So I bought okay. in with the, with the fortune teller. Wow. I think she knew. Oh, I totally bought. I was like leaning way away from that. Really? Way, way away from I that. I was all in on the fortune teller. I think also because like if I were a fortune teller, if I were to go to the fortune teller, I'd be like, this is a crock of crap. Yeah. Me <laughs> too. I, I mean? wouldn't buy in in my real life. But, but that's how I, <laughs> but that's how, how I, you know, I, I went in thinking and I was like, I don't know that I would have bought into that, but they definitely, that's so interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's a right answer, which is part no. of what makes the book so good. Captivating. Yeah. I, like I, when I announced we were doing this book, so many people were like, oh my God, I love that book. Mm-hmm. I love that book. And now I'm like, I want to have every single one of those per- people tell me what they thought. Yeah. Did they think it was the fortune teller? Or I'm did dying they think- to know. I'm just so curious because I think you could read, like, I-, I believe that the fortune teller was right. Cause I also think that make, for me, that makes a more interesting book. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess so. So this is what I wrote down in the weird 24 hour travel that I had. Okay. Um, they live on in each other. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because Varia had the longest prediction of the latest age, right? And mm-hmm. she lives the most controlled life because of it. Right. Or, or she, because, yeah. Simon lives because of it. Clara lives for it. And Daniel lives with it. Right. Interesting. Um, and then I wrote manipulate versus fate. Right. I mean, that's... Those are all... General, but... Literally, I have notes here. I'm pretty much all of that is in my notes in one <laughs> form or another. Um, yeah. Well, because the thing... The thing that is in, was an interesting choice, and I I'm I would be very curious to know what Chloe Benjamin would say about it is that she chose to make it that the person who died first lived the most like right. full, if you right. will, life, and the person who was going to die later lived the most restricted life. And right. in my mind, it would be the opposite. Like if I, I mean, obviously, if I knew I was going to die in six, well, maybe not the opposite, but I feel like mm-hmm. why would Varya? be right. so rigid if she knew she's gonna like right. you could do anything you could jump out of a plane you're not dying today totally like, i can go do this thing but that's like the perspective of the human that they that's their instinct to go well i have to protect it in a yeah. way yeah you know i guess and... you have to buy in to live that life yeah because if you don't believe it <laughs> then you still have to live like a scaredy cat 
Like Varya. Yeah, I am Varya. I'm a scaredy cat kind of person. Okay. And so I feel like if I knew like I'm going to make it to 88, I would be less scared. I would be more scared, I think. You think? Yeah. I think I would be more scared because every day I would know. I don't know. I... I think it would loom on me more than than not. Like I think I'm more of a Clara, Clara, okay, or a Simon. But what but like it, yeah. Daniel lived. Daniel really was the one who lived in fear of it, right? Yeah, he was the one who really, and he also was the one who felt responsible for all of it, all of it, because he's the one who, who took brought them, them there to the woman. Yeah, Daniel was also my least favorite. Well, I felt like he was the most angry, and that's what I felt yeah. the least uh, attached to him. Yeah, I didn't like him. <laughs> like, I was very obviously into Simon. I loved Simon. I mean, could Simon Great. live longer so we could I mean, if I he did, we probably would have hated Simon. But right, I totally. Loved no, Simon. I loved Simon. And I like Clara, too. I like what she did for Simon. I like their relationship. I yeah. feel like Varia and, and Daniel didn't have that, so it lost me a little bit. Yeah. Um. But I liked the Raj Daniel. Uh, yeah, the fight. Yeah, like their tension. Raj being Clara's Clara's husband, husband, who I also didn't like. Yeah, I didn't really like him either. But I like. But their I don't dynamic. think you were supposed to like him. No, I don't think so. Because he was not. the one who, like, basically in in the eyes of the family, took her away and and took away the dream of it, or right. like the magic and, like, of it. Took like exploited her mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think i liked clara's story a lot a lot i, I don't know her. more than simon i like i think i think i liked clara's story better and i liked simon more yeah um because i just loved the um, the real i mean immortalist was in your face in that at that point right. point right well and she's so, the title character right, right kind of she adds the s the immortalist right. meaning all four of them i guess but yeah she is your title it comes from her right she's like the dreamer and the right. free spirit and she's the one who kind of yeah she's the one who goes in the room first she's the one who kind of takes true. life by the horn that's true and her suicide was really interesting because it wasn't i don't know how to say this it wasn't a suicide that came from mental illness in the way that we're used to seeing it and it wasn't framed that way Mm -hmm. it wasn't until later when i think varia daniel said she was troubled she probably was troubled right and i didn't notice it right but as you're reading it you're not feeling like she's troubled not at all which i've never a drunk maybe but that's it yes yeah but i've never experienced Hmm. reading about someone who eventually goes on to take their life Mm -hmm. as anything Mm -hmm. other than Right. I'm battling all these demons. This is so hard for me. And like the demons were there. Like she was hearing the knocking. Totally. Like there were signs of it, but it never felt like. Yeah, I agree. I And I didn't feel like she glorified point. it either. Like Not it didn't feel like she was like suicide is great, but it felt it just, it was really smart. It was, well, it was warranted within the story yeah. of like, I thought about it more as like, did she do that to avoid the day? Did she do that to, um, to, take it by the horns and actually take control of it instead of taking control of her. Right. And, um, I think that like, I think they present it when Daniel and Varia, uh, I mean, I could be wrong, but like, I feel like maybe Chloe presented it that way just to present that question. Like everything else that she did in the book was presenting questions for us to like, ponder right um this is definitely like one of those book club books like i'm like i get it why book clubs do it because there's just so many totally little nuance like moments would you want to know um your date 
You would. But the thing is, I would want to know like everyone around me's date too. <laughs> I don't want to know my dates. I'm less, I'm less scared of me dying. I'm more scared of other people around you. Everyone else, well, everyone around me dying, but also what everyone else around me will do once I'm dead. What do you mean? Like, I don't, like, I have a fear of dying in a plane crash because I particularly think that would be a horrible thing to find out about a loved one. Oh, I you know see. What I, mean? I see, I see. So the effect that it would have yeah, on other people. Like, I would want to know how I was going to die, maybe more than what, what, when. Like, the, because of the shock value. Yeah. And because, like, if I was going to die in a car accident, I might be, like, more apt to be like, I love you and give you a hug. When before. you leave. Yeah. 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 I don't I know. I, 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 when I die, I'm dead. I'm gone. Right. But I do wonder about the people around me <laughs> and like how they'll take it and what that will mean. Interesting. I That's I so interesting. I, I think I would want to know though when. I do not want to know. No. No. I do want not Do you think know. it would make you live life differently? Definitely. And I don't know which way. I just know it will mm-hmm. make me live differently. I know that I'll probably, I would probably seesaw back and forth on like, well, you should live all the this, but then you have to be more like, I would also be in fear and maybe live like Varia a little bit and like very controlled. Um, I, I, I tend to like books that question mortality. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people, I'm sure, yeah. just because it's just that question of like, yeah, it's a good what, question. What the hell? Um, and it's funny. I was reading, we were reading this and I was finishing up, um, Varia's section as David, my boyfriend was reading When Breath Becomes Air for the mm. first time and he was finishing up his, um, that book. And so we were like in the hotel at one point. I like looked at him. I put the book down because I was having one of the, which I have a lot, the outer body experience. Mm-hmm. We're like, we're all going to die one day. Yes. Um, and I was like, this death is just so weird. And he looked at me and he was like, I'm in the same headspace you are. Right death now. is so weird. So weird. It's like one of those things where you're just like, it's inevitable. We don't talk about it because we don't want to because it's just one of those weird things i think we do it wrong in america how so i think we should talk about it more Mm -hmm. because i think that it's it's obviously an important part of life we talk about birth a lot (laughs) we have a lot of things that are like revolve around life coming into the world yeah and i feel like in other cultures and other countries and other places there is Mm -hmm. like mourning is acceptable and appreciated and it's not weird and death is a part of life yeah and i think that we're fucked up when it comes to death because we don't deal with it. I think you're right. I think it's interesting though, because when you say that, because I agree, we, we, we talk about birth because it's bringing, it's celebrating things right. that are coming it's into easy. us. It's exciting. Right. Yeah. Whereas death is something that we fear because it's unknown. Um, and we don't talk about it enough because we fear it. And so nobody wants to talk about it. But um, like in other countries, like mental health, nobody talks about it. Like we don't talk about it in the U.S. enough either, but like nobody talks about it. So right. it's so interesting because it, 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 there's societal, cultural things right. that we just don't talk, that people don't talk about because it's uncomfortable and it, and it's, it, then it makes it feel like it's wrong. Right. Right. And like we're making death seem wrong, but like it's inevitable. It's going to happen. It's right or wrong. It's happening. <laughs> right. It's happening. It's happening. So there's a line in the book and I think Luke says it to her that's like everybody dies, but it doesn't make it easier and uh, easier. Uh-huh. And I feel like that is, I yeah. think that we don't like when someone dies in your life, uh-huh. it's like you're allowed to be sad for like three weeks maybe. Right. And then 
when someone asks you, oh, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. You say, I'm fine. Totally. Because they don't actually want you to break they down and start crying. They don't actually care because right. we don't talk about death because it's uncomfortable and you're worried. You're in mourning and you're like, I'm worried about making this person feel yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? Like it's like, And then you see videos in other countries where there's people who it's like at the funeral, they're wailing and they're weeping. And here it's like, we wear a veil over our face. We don't and want we don't people to see us it. cry. Like So I just feel like... It's true. I feel like we could handle it better. I feel like we could... Um, Destigmatize the Bingo. yeah the That's the right. thing around it right because it's happening all the time. Well, I think it's also like we don't talk about like you said, people don't really want to know how you are, right? And so it's like people don't talk. They don't. You don't want to make them feel uncomfortable, and they don't want to feel uncomfortable because they don't know how to act around you when you when you actually reveal what, like being vulnerable itself is just a thing that people aren't used to in this right. country. Right. Nobody, that's not no, the norm. Well, we're also, I mean, this is really, this is kind of a reach, but I'm going to go there. <laughs> All right. Why not? All right. This country was founded on this idea of strength and like taking and like mm-hmm. in like having ownership over things and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. And so I think that the vulnerability of giving or mm-hmm. being soft or whatever is true. something that we don't value at all yeah. in America because that's not our origin story. Right. And because the country is so young, we haven't had time to rewrite right. like who we are. We haven't had time to change. Like I feel like just so, now America is getting to this place where we're not necessarily the superpower that we thought that we were. Like, right. we're, like there are things where we're vulnerable that we're seeing. And so, yeah. but I do think that some of that ties into how definitely we treat a mental health. I mean, we were talking about it last week also with education. Yeah, right. Like when you said Brene Brown would be a book you would suggest mm-hmm. in schools. Like we don't teach that in schools. It's true. And there's no reason that we don't teach it except for that we don't value that as right. a society. We teach about history and battles and right. conquering and strength and also like you know, females would have to put on strong faces because we weren't even, you know, women weren't valued like that to begin with. And that was all, right. you know, men and strength. And, um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I just don't think we as a country have gotten there and I hope we do. Um, but I don't know that we will Yeah, like that will ever be like a, a priority or of a value of like vulnerability. We're starting to talk about it. Yeah, we are. I agree. I don't know. I think that, I think that there will be shifts as there have been shifts as other people start to gain power aside from like cis right. white dudes. Right, right, right. And like, that's again, like things we value. That's what we teach in school. Those right. are the books we teach for right. the most part. But I feel like as those things change and mm-hmm. as we start to value things outside of like success, right. right? This idea of success, which is something that only like white men are able to achieve <laughs> or are supposed to achieve. <laughs> right, right? right. Like it's like you're a Korean woman and yeah. you produced a show that won a Tony. And I'm sure people are like, Oh, Jenna, yeah. like she's, she's a unicorn, right? Yeah. But like if you were a white dude, they'd be like, he produced yeah, a show congrats. that was, yeah, yeah like, exactly. As you're supposed to. Exactly. So I think like as we move away and like start to see other people represented. Yeah. And, and they start to be able to talk about their struggles <laughs> and their, and their challenges and their successes. I think that maybe we will 
Yeah. I, it's yeah. hopeful, maybe. No, I, I mean, that's good. That is hopeful. I, I think, yeah, we're, we are celebrating being different. We are celebrating people, but it's still like people come out and they're like, it's so brave that you're doing right. that when it's, it's not the norm. Right. Cause not everybody's talking about it. Right. And with social media too, like we're creating this fake world. Right. In, in some, like, uh, thing where people don't show their weaknesses or, and I'm hoping that that's shifting as well. Like Instagram is starting to, people are just starting to take the filters off. No pun intended because it's boring. You know, it's so boring. Like how many people from the bachelorette can you really follow? You know, they all are selling the same tea. I know. And sugar bear hair care, whatever. (laughs) But you know what? They all do have gorgeous hair. They do have gorgeous hair. Is it theirs? It's purchased at least. <laughs> they own it. They bought it. They own it. They bought it. Um, taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last three plus years, I have been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and strong enough to tackle whatever else might come my way. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. The nutritional insurance that AG1 provides has been vital to keeping me productive and focused. It helps me cover my bases in just about the time it takes to fill a glass of water, scoop in one scoop of AG1, and then drink it. So I don't know, 75 seconds? With the perfect mix of vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods, I'm not stuck trying to assemble it all by myself, which would have considerably worse results. AG1 saves me all the time and hassle, and it has made such a difference in my overall mood and especially my gut health, among many other things. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try AG1. Let me know what you think. Whether you notice you're needing more nutrient support than you're used to, or you just need an edge for a tough workout, AG1 can be the ticket. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash the stacks. That's drinkag1.com slash the stacks. Check it out. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, back to the book. I just got really <laughs> off on a tangent. We but did, we I think did. it's important because I do think that like books about death, mm-hmm. I think the reason we do become obsessed with them and be- they are so popular is because we're not talking about death in any other way. So totally. it's like you are allowed to think about these things. Right. And it makes you think about these things. Yeah. Did you like um, 
I, I really liked the magic um, in Clara's story. Yeah. I loved the incorporation of like magic on top of the fortune teller. It was like just another level of like what magic is and how, how it's perceived. And I love magic. I totally you do? believe in magic. I yes. hate magic. Oh my God. I like the idea of like magic, but I don't like a magic <laughs> show. I don't like oh, live for I it. I don't like being called out in an audience. I don't <laughs> want to pick a card. Cause like you are, Look, you're not asking me to pick a card because you're going to get it wrong. So why are oh, we here? My God. I just want to be like, it's a four of hearts. Can we go to the next person? <laughs> I love it. I, I love hate, it. Hate, hate I magic. love it. But okay, the magic in this book, it wasn't just magic versus like human will. There right. was also religion. Right. It was kind of like religion versus magic versus human will, like yeah. these three things kind of interacting. Yeah. And are you religious? Um, not really. No. no I mean, either. I was brought up Catholic, okay. but I was, I'm, I'm not and a, you have a Jewish Catholic. last name. Exactly. So you're all sorts of things. So I'm technically whatever you want. Well, I went to Catholic school, but I was, yeah. my mom's Jewish, so I'm Jewish. Right. But Catholicism is <laughs> filled with magic. <laughs> It is. There's so like I don't know if like you're like you're drinking the body and blood of Christ. Like there's like all the miracles. Like I feel like Catholicism is like you know like to be a saint you have to have performed a certain number of miracles. You have to have these like I guess it's right. I mean I don't know. I I guess I see miracles and magic as different things. Sure. Well, I think all, but I, you all make a good of point. it is. I think it has a sense of magic to it that mm -hmm. other religions don't. Yeah. Yeah. Necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a ton about religion, but I just feel like having gone to Catholic school, I remember being like, oh, these are kind of like magical stories. Sure. No, no, no. Sure. That actually, yeah. Now that you say that, I'm not, I think about it. But I understand. I feel like, um, like, you know, Taoism, Buddhism is more of like the conjuring of your inner self and, right. more, and less about the, the history of the story of, you know, it's usually like one man that right. created. Um, and it's yeah. about your relationship right. to yourself versus right. your relationship With to like the God or you know, the, yeah. the higher being. I guess a a lot of Christianity would be considered magic too. Like Jesus's story is pretty magical. I mean, yeah. It, if, I mean, it, if, I if it's it not, I guess if it's not your religious belief, you can you see, see it as magic. magic. If it, totally. if it is your religious belief, then that's faith. Right. But that's kind of the difference between religion and magic, right? right. If you believe it, right. it's faith. And if you don't, it's like magical, <laughs> right? Like it's <laughs> no, like, it oh, really is supernatural. I can't explain it, but right. if you believe magic. in it, then it's your faith. This is very, um, alchemist as well. This, this book is it? reminded me of the alchemist. I haven't read the alchemist in a long time. It, you know, he goes and he has the prophecy and okay. he goes and he, he, basically goes to find the treasure and it's all about destiny and how he like manifests it along the way and the choices he made. So right. this is slight. I just, when I was going back to the alchemist, I picked it up, you know, today and I was like, that's so interesting. I wonder if that had any um, influence on her. On her. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. No. Let's go back to religion. Okay. Talk to me about the religion because it didn't play such a large role in, in when I was reading it. So it I'm didn't play a large hear... role in my reading it because I didn't really understand a lot of it. Right. Um, because I'm born Jewish, celebrate Jewish holidays. As mo right. But not, you know, right. But practicing. not practicing, wasn't bought mitzvah, can't speak a lick of oh. Hebrew. None of those things. My okay. dad was not into religion. Got it. And so he was like, we're not doing that. <laughs> so we did Passover and Easter. We did like, you know. Hanukkah. Yeah, Hanukkah and Christmas. We do all the holidays. My God, if there's a meal, we do it. Uh, <laughs> That's but, fair. That's but, fair. 
So I just, I was interested in it because it just came up a lot. So it obviously was important. It was important to the father, Saul. Right. And it became important to the mother, Gertie, because of Saul. Right. And because she wanted desperately something to believe in. Right. And, and the influence and, and by proxy that influences the children, right? Right. Whether they take it or. really were. That's the thing. I guess that's why I kind of like phased over it just because it wasn't in the main four stories. Right. Um, but it came up so much. Like, it I did like come up. Well, the father came up, up a lot, yeah. right? And like, and they, they had it, they had it come up in the, um, like Clara would go see all of them every year at Rosh Hashanah and Yom right. Kippur. Like there right. was definitely, I, I think that if I knew more about Judaism and like the Talmud and all of those things that they were referencing, I might appreciate better what she was trying to do. Yeah. But I do, it did feel like it was in relationship to the idea of will versus like fate. Right. Wait, I literally turned open this and this is the line. Lately, he has struggled to sustain a connection with God. One year ago, he decided to explore Jewish theology. He thought of it as a tribute to Saul. Interesting. That must have been Daniel's section. Yeah, Daniel. Was Daniel super religious? He, I feel like he was not super religious, but he seemed to be the one that felt the most, he seemed to be the one that felt the most obligated to the family. Because he was the one who was supposed to take over the business. No, that was Simon. Simon was supposed to take over the business. Daniel went to be a doctor, but Daniel was the one who took Gertie in. That's right. Into the home. He was the one that took them to the thing. He was the oldest son. So he definitely felt the most like family oriented. And so it makes sense that he would be the one that wanted to look into Jewish theology because of the father. Yeah, I guess I guess it's it's mainly about like the religion thing. I I think must be about the different perspectives of belief, right? right? Yeah. For each character. And how it, it affected them. I just don't think that it, any of the main four like were truly affected by right by the religion, except for their well, I guess you know influenced by their mother and father, right? Yeah, and I think like each one was. I don't know if you think of it like a Venn diagram or something. Like mm-hmm. they were all kind of indifferent between magic, right, religion and, and human will. Right, they were all kind of on different Fate. parts of their own spectrum. Totally. Um. Obviously, like Clara was very far on the magic side. Right. And I feel like Simon was very far. On the fate side. Yeah, on the fate side. Right. And then Daniel was like a little bit in between religion. Yeah. And did Daniel believe in magic? No, I don't think he did. No. I don't think he did at all. And Varya was very much science. On the human will science side. Human will science side. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. No, I, it's one of those, like, as the, sometimes when we do this show, when we talk about books, the more I talk about the book, the more confused I get about what I <laughs> this thought about it. This is one of it. those. Yep. Yeah. Cause there's just so much stuff going on. I also, in my notes, I wrote down, it's kind of the Forrest Gump of books because it's like, <laughs> we go through this long period of time with this family and it's like, oh, let's hit the AIDS epidemic. Like, oh, 9-11. Right. Like, oh, now we're in Iraq. <laughs> like, it's like all these moments, like, and just like Forrest Gump, some of it really worked for me. Totally. And some of it felt super heavy handed. Yeah. You know, like it was like certain parts. I was like, this is so great. Like I loved being in San Francisco in the 1980s. Like I thought that was so good. I loved it. It was so good. And you could tell she put so much research into the book. Right. Like I bet if you went and Googled 
San Francisco, Castro Street, those names of those bars yes. and re- were the ones. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 Like, those were the ones. Those were the places. No, totally. I liked the fact that we did get to revisit um, a little bit of the fortune teller as well. I did too. I didn't think we would. I didn't think we would either. I'm glad they found her. I'm glad they found her. And her, her. scammer family that she wasn't part of. Are we sure she wasn't part of them? I don't think so. <laughs> she was like living in Iowa. Oh, in her trailer park, right? Yeah. Right. What did you think of the Daniel thing? The way Daniel went out? It wasn't my favorite. No. Um, I f- it felt a little cop-out-y. Um, I, I was a little, actually a little shocked by it as well. Yeah. Um, but I was, I think I was getting to it in like anticipation nothing I don't think would have been very satisfying to me. I just feel like uh, it was, he was going to go at uh, somehow right. and it wasn't going to be pretty. Right. Um, it was, uh, let me think about this. So he shot the, um, well, I don't think he, well, shot no, no, her. he was, he was going to shoot her. And then what's his name? Eddie. Shot, Eddie shot him in the leg and an artery, right? That mm-hmm. was, uh, to avoid her sh- and you know in his line of duty i don't know it wasn't my favorite <laughs> i didn't love that because i also it wasn't you're right it wasn't exactly clear yeah i was a little bit confused of what had happened but i guess to backtrack slightly eddie what did you think of eddie the police officer yeah or- i liked him uh until i got until it all got to, uh, <laughs> I liked him. I liked him with, um, Clara. Mm-hmm. I liked him. And then it got like a little forced to me when it, when it came into like investigating her case. I was like, that's really convenient. Yeah. Um, and what it was his relationship. I mean, they went into it, right? They got into it and then he was like, don't look into it. We're almost there. And then they weren't. Right. I don't know. What did you think of Eddie? So I didn't love Eddie necessarily because I felt like he was a device and I felt I was trying to figure out who he was or what he's supposed to be. And I came to the idea that he was like the angel of death, that like once <gasps> Eddie came in, that was you it. were going to die in- because oh. he never came in with Varia. Oh my God. But I made that up. I literally was like, <gasps> no, that's so interesting though. He really like he, he transcended up, every right. And right chapter. before <gasps> each person, God. not right before, but like it was like, Shortly then, and before, then it was like right. the switch. Whoa. Um, that's so interesting. I actually never, I'm sure that that's got to be something. Cause I, to me, the only reason you have the same person be in all, like that was the kind of foresty gump part to me where it's like the same person is like popping up in all these moments. Like, right. That's like a little contrived. But the only reason you would do that in my mind is because you're making a point about who he's supposed to be. Right. I called it like the angel of death in my notes, <laughs> but like, you know, whatever it is that mm-hmm. he like blows in and then it's like right. the end it. is near. Hmm. I don't. But what effect? I'm just wondering, like, what, play devil's advocate. Like, what's the what's the message? Like, where, you know, because then we get in a little like, I don't know, that gets a little sci fi to me. Um, right. Well, I don't know if he's necessarily literally supposed to be that. No, but, but like more like has that. In, yeah. Like, is this weird influence? Because on- why else do you need like the sibling? 
what I, I don't understand why it's there otherwise if it's not supposed totally. to be some tie-in because the siblings already are connected to each other. They're siblings. We don't need him. And we know that they're on these paths towards their death. Right. So like we don't really need him. It could have been three separate people, right? It could have been. Or two, I guess. The I guess person who investigates right. her death would could have been the, the same who- person who connects to Daniel. I mean, maybe she worked backwards a little. Maybe it was, we need somebody who's going to get him to the fortune teller that we needed to. Right. But then it really does become a device. You know, it's not, I, you know what, I, that's a really, really good point. And I think that you are onto something. I I can't, I, maybe I'm not quite, I don't know that I'm right, but there's, there's, she had a reason for making it the same person because it could have been one person that arrested Simon and, fell in love with Clara, Clara and then one person who investigated Clara and right, then and went and told. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. This is one of those books where you, the more you think about it, the more confused you get. Like thinking about how he, he was, I thought was in full control of his, his destiny. Daniel. Yeah. Like you think he could have just stayed home and like a piano wasn't going to fall on his head. Yeah. See, I just assumed that they were all going to die on the day that they're supposed to die. So it didn't matter where they were going. Or I thought he was going to die in a car accident on his way there. That's what I thought. I see. I see. I see. Well, I guess that that is the, that wouldn't beg the question that we're right. you know all contemplating now. Right. 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 I just I think that I read the book being like the fortune teller said it. It's gonna happen. Do you think that she? <laughs> it's so funny. That's how this works. Do you think she wrote it? With the intention of the question, with with that she has the question, did you think she had a firm belief in one one way or another? Hmm. And can you write it like that without having a firm belief, like writing it like you decide? I wonder. So something that I've learned in talking to authors is that they often say that they don't know. They really, did, they didn't know. Like they write the book without knowing the ending. I hear this a lot. I don't know that I believe. Do you know why? It. I don't. I think what I when I've heard it said, it's usually because it's like I, I just wanted to let the characters play out, or I wanted to surprise myself, or if I knew the ending, I it would have been stale or it would have been too obvious right. or something like that. Like it's almost like they're they have a diorama and they're like, let me just move this around and see what looks right or feels yeah. right. So I think that if I asked her, uh-huh. she would say I, I didn't know, but I don't know if that's true. Right. She had to have some sort of clear trajectory, though, because it's so um, structured with the with the way that they die and the right. way that they right? right. I don't know. So, do you think that Clara dies on her day? Yes, you do. Yeah, I mean, not Clara. Sorry. Oh, Varia. Varia. I was like, Clara does. Yeah, no, we um, know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Based off of the structure of how she plan, you know, uh, wrote everybody else, I would assume that Varia, right, dies on her day. And it's so far away and it, it said so much about, you know, the way she lived her life that I, I would assume so, right. right? Right. No, I agree. I think, I mean, but I already thought that the moment we found out their dates, I was like, great, that's the date. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> the fortune teller. I love that you, you were like, nope, that's the date. And I'm like, are they going to die on the date? And then once Simon did, I was like, it didn't help me at all. You I didn't see, It was like, not telling oh, at all. Oh. I was like... Oh my God, is Clara going to die on her day? Then once the Clara, I was like, more than likely Daniel is going right. to, but I still didn't know. And I was shocked by his ending. Right. I don't know that I was the most pleased by his ending, but I was shocked by it. 
I like I mean, Simon's death the most because I felt I did not think that the question of the book was going to be can you take fate into your own hands, which is what the other two siblings really clearly did. Right. Uh, Clara and, and Daniel. Daniel. So Simon to me, I thought the whole book was going to be basically like Simon, that we just glimpsed into their life and we saw them oh. die. So like, I thought like, oh, I'm like, Clara's going to fall while she's doing her magic trick. Like Daniel's going to die at war or something. I didn't think- You weren't, you, you didn't see the question coming. I didn't see the questions mm. coming. Mm-hmm. So because I think, cause I just like bought in, I was like, great. So they're going to die on their day and this is the format. And this first person died on his day in this way, because this was the moment and the time. So I was like, oh, okay, what happens in the nineties? Like, oh, we just got foreshadowing Sig Fried and Vorig had their accident. Like she's going to die in her magic show on opening night. Like that's kind of how I was reading it until it was like, she takes it into her own hands. But like, does she, cause she's mentally ill or is she like, I didn't write that all of that. The family and couldn't handle it. And she couldn't, I don't know. I, that's so interesting. (laughs) I, from the beginning was like, Oh my God, who's going to take this well and who isn't? Right. Right. You know? And I think that's just cause like, that's the question I have in general. Like, I wouldn't want to know because like I just know that I would I don't know that I I know I wouldn't handle it well. If you knew, would you tell people around you? No, I don't think so. I don't think I'd tell anybody. Hmm. I, I tell think I'd everybody. be so scared of it. I'd be like, I'm not scared of gone. death, but I I am in some ways. Like yeah. in, when it becomes very when you say it out loud. Yeah, like this is gonna happen to me in three days. <laughs> that's terrifying. I'm just trying to look for this 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 um quote that Simon said. Oh. I would never have come to San Francisco if it weren't for her. I wouldn't have met Robert. I'd never have learned how to dance. I'd probably still be home waiting for my life to begin. Mm. I like that. Yeah. What's not to like about Simon? I know. He's the dream. He's a dream of the book. He's the one that you just fall in love with. Um, Okay. Before we wrap it up, Mm -hmm. there's one thing we have to talk about. (laughs) And then there's another thing we have to talk about. We have to talk about Luke, the son of Arya. Okay. Because that was really – was a – twist that I didn't see coming. I didn't see coming either. I there didn't. was no way to see it coming. To no, be fair. really, it really was. It was really just like, surprise, there's this other thing you don't know about. Right. But I don't, I wonder about him because it seems like his whole point of existing was to say, hey, gold family. And also Raj says the same thing. Hey, gold family, life's shitty for everybody. You're not the only people who have pain and death and sorrow. <laughs> and I just... I, I'm curious. I, I don't know. I wonder why she did that because I don't necessarily think that that was the takeaway of the book if those people hadn't been there, if that conversation hadn't been there about his brother. Well, wait, say that again. Say that last part again. Well, that I, I don't know that the book, I don't know if the takeaway of the book would have been, oh, this poor family, What an, how sad for them. They're the only people who have experienced grief if right. we didn't have Luke to say, oh yeah, I killed my brother kind of. Right. Well, the th- the first thought I had about Luke was more of, less about that the message of like you know you're not the only ones right and more about like this family living on right and each fam each person taking another person with them along the way for the lineage of however that affects you right. right? Um, I didn't really think about it the way that you know presenting it like right. uh. uh you're not the only one. I don't know. I, I, 
those were that and the same thing with Eddie. I didn't quite understand why we needed them. Mm. Raj made sense to me in the story. I was never like, oh, why does Clara need a husband and a father to Ruby? And why does Clara need this partner who pushes her? And like, right. that felt really organic to me. Yeah. And with Eddie and then even more so Luke, I kind of was like, why is this person here? Yeah, I don't know. I I definitely I feel the the family theme. I think I think yeah. that's really no, that what she was going sense. for, especially when when Ruby and Gertie form a relationship, mm-hmm. and and they kind of you know Ruby's gonna live, you know Clara's gonna live on through Ruby, and so I definitely think it was more about the the lineage and the future of like taking people with you. No, that makes a lot of sense, especially with the mortality of the whole right. Thing. Right. And then it was sad that his brother died because he was, that was sad. That was really sad. That was really sad. See, I thought though that's how the deaths were going to go for the family. Like more like these freak moments of Got death. It. Got and it. less of these like. Like taking, in, taking fate into your own Yeah. Like the pressure of the, the fortune teller, like crushing them essentially. I mean, I guess it's, she's just posing, I guess she's also just posing question, uh, the questions of like death just comes anyway, but we, we, some people control it. Some people are manifesting it right. and sometimes it's just a plain just, old accident. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's true. That's actually a great point that it's like, even if you know, it doesn't make it any better or any worse. Right. Like it's still going to happen. Yeah. Okay. The last thing we have to talk about, which we always do. What did you think of the title and the cover? Um, love the cover. Love the cover. Um, a family tree. Family tree. And I think m- my feeling was that each person Had a is color. a different color, but yeah. like some of them bleed together, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like some of the orange and yellow and then the red and. Yes. And then like the alone, just looking at it before I read it, it was a very appealing cover to me, which mm-hmm. is important for a, a slightly non-reader. Yeah. Um, it's important for all readers. Okay. I, I just want to, okay. But I, it's, I was like, wow, this is a good one. Um, I like the title. Um, it kind of has slipped my memory though. Like I, it, it's cause of Clara, right? Yeah, she is the title. She names her, her show. I'm the immortalist. And, and how does that bleed into the rest of the family? And they all live on yeah. within each other, I guess. Yeah, I think the so. Story. I think so. <laughs> I mean, it's the immortalists. I don't Plus, like with the family living on, and and then like these, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's like more hopeful, and Chloe's like trying to make us feel good about our lives, and be like, we're all immortal in some sense. Like we all live on. Well, I don't know. I don't know. That didn't make me feel that way. I liked the title before I knew what it was, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that's a good title. Like I just thought it was going to be one of those titles where it wasn't actually in the book. Oh, do you like that better when it's not in the book? I don't have a preference one way or the other, but that's just what I thought this one was going to be. But then when it came up in the book, I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. She's tied the title in. I like it. I, I like, like she does. Yeah. I, no, I, I, one of my favorite moments in reading is when there's like an aha moment. Like <laughs> the title pops up and you're like, yes, got uh, it. Like now it makes yeah. sense. But for this, the title makes sense without it being the name of her act. If she exactly. had named her act Clara the Death Defying. It, w- it still would have worked. It still would have worked as a title. But I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And it doesn't also it. like, but it, it's cryptic in a way. It's it's many. It's a a very morphing title throughout the thing, and and yeah. it's uh, worth a, mu- a bunch of metaphors, I'm sure. But yeah, um, yeah, and obviously it was captivating yeah. to me, and I I really enjoyed this book. 
I liked it too. I liked it. I was shocked by how much I liked it. <laughs> and I understand why people love it. Like it, I, mm-hmm. it didn't let me down in that way. Great. Yeah. So that's that. Yay. We're done with this. Jenna is all done with us here. Oh. Make sure you listen to Jenna's podcast, Showman. Yay. And you can find Jenna on social media. I'll link to all her things in the show notes. Yeah. And thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This is so much fun. Yay. And we will see you guys in the snacks. That's all for today. Thank you for listening as always. And thank you to Jenna Ushkowitz for being our guest. Find everything we discussed on today's show in the show notes. For more from The Stacks, follow us on social media at The Stacks Pod on Instagram and at The Stacks Pod underscore on Twitter. And check out our website, thestackspodcast.com. To join The Stacks Pack and get inside access to this show, go to patreon.com slash The Stacks. Please make sure you are subscribed to this show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Our graphic designer is Robin McCrite, and our theme music is from Tagiragis. This show is created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas. I will see you in the stacks.